forbidden and banned, the bane of bureaucrats, exposing mainstream media's weapons of mass distraction. Flying under the radar and dropping truth bombs on tyranny. It's Liberty Now. Hello and welcome to episode number 51 of Liberty Now. I'm your host, John Bird, trainer, piper, Navy diver, and Liberty lover, among other things. Thank you very much for stopping by. This is the show for common sense and discerning minds. Well, today's rabbit hole was inspired by this book, The Power of Full Engagement by Jim Lohr and Tony Schwartz. It's a, it's a great book. I'm only about three quarters of the way through it so far, but I definitely recommend you reading it. I know the title of this episode is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, but it's not about the movie by Daniel Kwan. Although it was a very interesting movie, if you can get past some of the over-the-top perversion, I think it still could have been a great movie without things like flying bloody dildos as weapons. But this is about the psychological warfare of all the things hitting us all at once from all angles. I recently did an episode, uh, number 49, I think, called One, about the narrowing focus uh, to one thing, how important that is to not get uh, diverted by so many things coming at us. This then could be the corollary, talking about all the different vectors that are hitting us from all sides. Our society, especially the free nations, uh, the US, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, Europe, are all under attack, psychologically, physically, spiritually, politically, environmentally, culturally, deliberately. And no matter which side you're on on any of these issues, they all take up media space and mind share. Our attention is grabbed by these issues on social media, and it's intended to cause division in politics and culture and even within families. So getting back to this book, I want to read you a couple of quotes in a minute. But it isn't about politics. This book is a self-help book like many out there. It talks about improving productivity and giving more meaning to life. But this book is a little different in its premise in that it's about managing energy, not time, as the key to enduring high performance as well as health, happiness, and life balance, which seems to be the opposite of what the New World Order would like for us, isn't it? But uh, consider the fear that's being thrown at us in the media. It's all fear porn or propaganda that seems to be hitting us and so many things to be concerned about, aren't there? But as somebody who's paid a lot of, t of attention to uh, marketing and advertising and sales, as I've done in a lot of my careers and, and running my own businesses in the past, I've come to understand some of the patterns and some of the techniques in marketing. And one of the oldest ones is the old hurt and rescue, which some of you may be familiar with, where you, it's like problem reaction solution, right? They present you with something to be afraid of and then get a reaction, an emotional reaction from you. And then you're in a more receptive state to be open to a solution, any solution, if they'll just give you something that kind of gets you out of that. And even if it's not like a, you know, all out, uh, you know, panic stricken kind of fear, just something subtle in your subconscious, 
your mind is, is more primed to look for that solution, which they're going to present to you, because uh, any level of fear raises, uh, it, it sort of stimulates the amygdala, which is a part of the brain that is sort of got its feelers up all the time um, looking for anything that might be dangerous. And so it tends to reduce our rational capacity or ability to think logically. So keep that in mind um, as all these things come at you, um, you know, whether it's the news or on social media or wherever it is. Um, but I just wanted to point out some of those things so that you can bear that in mind um, as you sort of are searching for answers or solutions of your own and not of the uh, globalist New World Order origin. Uh, one of those things, well, consider uh, just recently uh, Donald Trump's indictment, right, being um, arraigned on, on trumped-up charges, pun intended. Uh, it seems like a distraction from what's really going on behind the scenes um, with the Biden crime syndicate. Just as one example of these things that are vying for our attention, consider the Joe Biden Burisma oil scandal. This one alone has consumed so much of our attention that the U.S. Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs and the U.S. Senate Committee on Finance Majority produced an 87-page report called Hunter Biden Burisma and Corruption, the Impact on U.S. Government Policy and Related Concerns. I'll post the link to this report on libertynow.com so you can read it for yourself and see the full report. I'll just read you the first part of the executive summary here. In late 2013 and into 2014, mass protests erupted in Kyiv, Ukraine, demanding integration into Western economies and an end to systemic corruption that had plagued the country. At least 82 people were killed during the protests, which culminated on February 21st, when Ukrainian President Viktor Yanukovych abdicated by fleeing the country. Less than two months later, over the span of only 28 days, significant events involving the Bidens unfolded. On April 16, 2014, Vice President Biden met with his son's business partner, Devin Archer, at the White House. Five days later, Vice President Biden visited Ukraine, and he soon after was described in the press as, quote, the public face of the administration's handling of Ukraine, end quote. The day after his visit, on April 22nd, Archer joined the board of Burisma. Six days later, on April 28th, British officials seized $23 million from the London bank accounts of Burisma's owner, Mikola Zlochevsky. I hope I said that right. Fourteen days later, on May 12th, Hunter Biden joined the board of Burisma. And over the course of the next several years, Hunter Biden and Devin Archer were paid millions of dollars from a corrupt Ukrainian oligarch for their participation on the board. How about that? Now, if you go to the trusted authorities like uh, factcheck.org and Wikipedia, they're going to immediately just write it off as conspiracy theory that there was any wrongdoing there. Um, I'll read you the Wikipedia entry and then I'll play for you a video clip of Joe Biden himself bragging about his involvement in this corruption and withholding U.S. funds 
in order to uh, get the primary investigator fired, fired from looking into this scandal. So from Wikipedia, the Biden-Ukraine conspiracy theory is a series of false allegations that Joe Biden, while he was vice president of the United States, engaged in corrupt activities relating to the employment of his son, Hunter Biden, by the Ukrainian gas company Burisma, end quote. Now, here's Joe himself at a CFR meeting, the Council on Foreign Relations, bragging about withholding $1 billion from Ukraine if they didn't fire the pro a prosecutor that he didn't like. And I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. And despite all the evidence, not enough political or popular outrage to bring any indictments. How about that? But the Biden-Burisma conspiracy only scratches the surface of the attacks on our collective psyche. By way of example, allow me to rattle off, if you will, a few of the topics vying for our attention. Stolen elections, Hunter Biden laptop, acting with Chinese agents, Trump-Russia collusion, New World Order, Agenda 21 and 2030, Soros-funded DAs, Klaus Schwab penetrating the cabinets of governments, his Great Reset, Eat the Bugs, Have Nothing and Be Happy, Cloward and Piven Strategy, and the Universal Basic Income, or UBI, Chat GPT and the AI Threat, Technocracy and Transhumanism, 15-Minute Cities, Smart Cities, the Surveillance State, Grabbing Your Phone Data Without a Warrant with Stingray Systems, COVID-19 fears, the constantly changing narrative and hypocrisy around mask wearing, vaccine safety, mandates, and sudden deaths, lockdowns, train derailments, and toxic waste with dioxins in the environment, global warming, climate change, weather modification, cloud seeding, and geoengineering with toxic metals like aluminum dioxide being dumped into our atmosphere, bee colony collapse, carbon taxes, inflation, high rent and food costs, food production, factory fires and explosions, GMO crops and GMO and artificial 3D printed meat, meat restrictions, cattle and poultry being culled by the thousands because of supposed COVID infections and processing plant closures, U.S. border collapse, human trafficking, drug and arms smuggling, woke culture, doublespeak, pornographic books in public grade schools, transgenderism, convicted pedophiles in drag in libraries and schools grooming children, bending the knee, cultural appropriation and racism, safe spaces, Antifa and BLM riots, censorship and the right to free speech and self-defense, elites building huge underground bunkers and leaving the mainland U.S. in record numbers. Do you wonder why so many people get blackpilled? Can you see how all these things all at once could break down a society and prime it for something like a great reset? Now I'm going to quote you from this book, The Power of Full Engagement. Here's where it comes into play. Quote, Imagine for a moment that you're out on the sea in a boat that springs a leak. 
your purpose immediately becomes mobilized around keeping the boat from sinking. But so long as you are busy bailing water, you can't navigate towards a destination. The same is true in our lives. When we are preoccupied with filling our own holes to stay afloat, we have little energy available to define any deeper or more enduring purpose. By contrast, when we are able to move from the inner experience of threat to one of challenge, we introduce a whole new range of possibilities into our lives. Rather than reacting to fear, we can focus on what moves us and makes us feel meaningful. End quote. It's impossible to go deep into everything everywhere all at once. But if we focus on one issue that we are most passionate about and are best poised to address, we will make a difference together collectively. For example, are you most concerned about GMOs, genetically modified foods? Well, one thing you could do is start your own garden, growing your own food, educating other people about it. I uh, even go as far as like uh, Mike Adams and become an activist in that arena. Another thing we can do is stop financially supporting companies like Monsanto or Bud Light, which is, by the way, happening at an amazingly fast pace. This does mean scouting out and avoiding GMO foods on the grocery store shelf and not buying Monsanto's products like glyphosate-filled uh, Roundup and other pesticides. And as Shelley Roche of BiteStyle.tv says, vote with your fork. Or are you more concerned about geoengineering? Follow Dane Wigington's lead and focus on that and support legal action. He's got a great website where you can learn more about his work at geoengineeringwatch.org. I'll provide you that link as well in the show notes. Earlier, I mentioned another of the threats to our freedoms, the UBI in that long list, or the Cloward and Piven plan, which is tied to it, which we've talked about before. For new listeners, the Cloward-Piven strategy was developed in 1966, the year I was born, by the way, by Americans Richard Cloward and Francis Fox Piven, both sociologists and political activists. The Cloward-Piven strategy focused on overloading the United States public welfare system in order to precipitate a crisis, which would ultimately lead to replacing the welfare system with a national system of a guaranteed annual income. Now, anyone with any common sense at all knows that meaningful work gives us purpose and the ability to profit from our passions motivates us to build and contribute to society and gives us greater independence. Now, further along in the book, Power of Full Engagement, on page 139, author Joanne Sulia, uh, who wrote The Working Life, says, quote, work makes life better if it helps others, alleviates suffering, eliminates difficult or tedious toil, makes someone healthier and happier, or aesthetically or intellectually enriches people and improves the environment in which we live. I couldn't agree more. And then further along on page 140, quote, Clarifying purpose takes time. Quiet, uninterrupted time is something that many of us feel that we simply do not have. We are forever rushing from one obligation to the next without any larger sense of direction. 
It seems almost self-indulgent to spend time on questions with meaning and purpose. It may help to think of energy devoted to these issues as an investment with the potential to deliver a high return over time. Increased energy, fuller engagement, higher productivity, and greater satisfaction. So long as we skim across the surface of our lives at high speeds, it is impossible to dig down more deeply. People cannot move horizontally and vertically at the same time. And I know as well as anybody, the difficulty of that, you know, with uh, busy family life, especially if you have kids, driving kids around and working multiple jobs just to keep up with rent and mortgages and all the other expenses of day-to-day -day living. And a lot of this is, you know, not accidental. Uh, you know, inflation just isn't an organic thing that happens naturally. It's part of the bigger plan and the bankers are quite happy to keep us in that state of constant busyness so that we don't have that time to sit and meditate. But I would really urge you to take that time, even if you build it into part of your daily routine, like just take 15 minutes out during your lunch break, even five minutes to just sit quietly and breathe with no distractions and meditate and just disengage from all those things that are coming at you from everywhere all at once. Or consider something like the screen-free Sunday that I had promoted last year. I got a lot of really good feedback about that. And um, in fact, I'll play you that little promo piece in a minute here. And uh, feel free to share that. In fact, I'll put a link just to that video separately. If you want to share that with your friends and uh, make this a thing, just give it a try. Maybe take one Sunday a month where you do nothing, completely disengage, maybe spend more time face-to-face -face with the people you know and love in your life and doing physical things in the real world and not being on TV or phones or the internet at all. Everybody, John Ver, trainer, piper, navy diver, and liberty lover. It's time for a digital detox. So join me for Screen Free Sunday. If you did the last one, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It was epic. This is a digital detox. Whew. I highly encourage it. Take a day. Just spending an entire day kind of reminds me of like those days before the internet, you know, like 30 years ago. Some of you older folks might remember. Anyway, it was awesome. Good to get outside, spend some time with family and just be away from the technology for a little while. And the cars. If you can get away from it. Because we are bombarded by technology constantly and it's just a good idea to let the brain rest, let the eyeballs rest, get outside, get in nature, especially this time of year. So what am I supposed to do? I don't know, learn an instrument, play chess, hang out with family, play some board games, throw the ball for the dog. Climb a tree, mow the lawn. Go for a drive. If you live out in the country, go count the sheep, literally. 
take up yoga, get in your bike and go ride. I don't know, tons of stuff. Just no screen time. No smartphones, no tablets, no computer, no TV, screen free. Like to make this a once a month thing, first Sunday of the month. If you can, try to go 24 hours with no screen time. Sounds easy. Can you do it? And I'd love to hear how you did. If you made it the whole 24 hours or not, you can message me right here at t.me forward slash Liberty Now chat. If you'd like some more details, just go to libertynow.com. I don't know what more details you need. It's pretty simple. Let me know how you did. Have a great day. So try that out. See what you think. Consider a screen-free Sunday and let me know how it goes. Well, that's all I've got for you today, folks. Hope I've given you a little bit to think about and maybe something you can do and take action on. And until next time, be good, do the right thing, and keep asking questions. Have a good one.